BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Thought Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tentai. I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn. In the second half of today's episode, we're going to talk to Sean Devaney, hope I'm saying that right, of Heavy.com, and he's going to talk to us about uh, the early goings on what is yet a quiet trade market in the NBA, but uh, any moment could really blossom, and we'll talk to him about what that means for the Celtics. Um, that's in the second half of the show and this lab portion of the programming. Instead, Justin and I, to start, we'll talk about the news of the week. Dr. Quinn, how are you? Well, the uh, lovely seasonal allergies I have here in Mexico City are about to kick in, so uh, that's been fun. But other than that, great. Yourself? We give the best updates. Uh, Dr. Quinn is bearing the lead because uh, I'm sure the allergies suck, but um, you've been really covering the Mexico City Capitanes very closely for anyone who's interested. Do you want to just like give us a 30 second elevator pitch on what that means? Well, uh, once upon a time, there was a bunch of fanfare for having uh, any NBA games of any kind outside the borders of the United States and Canada. And this is really the equivalent of that for Mexico. It is apart from the Mexico city games, which is the most frequent extra national extra, I guess you could say Canada also, uh, games in the, the the nba repertoire uh it's the first actual regular season based in mexico team which um mark spears of i think it's called landscape now landscape, yeah. yeah uh did a recent interview with several people around the league uh who finally i could not get this out of them but he managed to so props to him they finally admitted that they're using the capitan is as kind of a test run to see what happens if we were to have an nba team here yeah mexico city is the largest city in north america i think if i'm right about that so you know not insignificant market down there um yeah very cool if you are interested in Learning more about that, follow Justin um, as he continues to, you know, follow the Capitanes, but also 
somewhere in our archives, we have a mock expansion draft. So if that really grabs your goat, go find it. Anyways, the Celtics news. Um, the most recent time we've seen the Celtics hit the floor, by the time people listen to this, the Nuggets game will have happened. I'm just going to say the Celtics will win that game 125-120. What about you, Justin? <laughs> It's either going to be, I'm kind of leaning towards a blowout one way or another, and it all depends on whether or not the Celtic perimeter defense shows up. I kind of think this is an opportunity for Grant to show that he should stay in the lineup. Uh, He may not Mm -hmm. be shooting as much, but if he does, uh, it'll be for that. Sure. It's worth noting that Thursday night, the Celtics, uh, Marcus Smart's annual Young Game Changer Foundation bowling extravaganza. Bowling is a tiring sport, so maybe the Celtics will be a little tired. Anyways. I mean, it ended. Uh, oh, so I can't remember his name. He went from the Lakers to the 76ers and he, he went bowling and supposedly ruined his leg. But anyway, neither here nor there. Well, really? Anyways, um, what do you think of the Celtics so far? Uh, we, we don't need to get in the weeds of the Pistons game. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is other than that, the Jays are playing really well, is that Sam Hauser is for real. Um, any early takeaways, things that you've been thinking about? Uh, I'm pretty happy that Joe Mazzola has been kind of evolving his game to incorporate things, not just like timeouts, but uh, more creative uses of the rotation, giving guys like Sam Hauser, who we will talk about, uh, a real chance. Uh, That was not really something we saw Udoka or Brad Stevens do very much. You could argue they don't really have too much of a choice, but I mean, they do and they could do what Ime Odoka did last year and really lean on a core group of seven, eight, nine at most, you know, players. And the results so far for trusting these younger players, even Grant to a degree uh, with a bigger role, I think has been largely positive and something that I hope they're really taking notes on because you, you have to play the young guys if, you, if they're going to be worth keeping around. And if they're not worth keeping around, you got to move on. So I'm really, I'm really happy with what I've been seeing from this team so far. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you've, you and I have talked about Pritchard and whether or not he's going to crack into the rotation. And he, he played a little bit in that Pistons game, but that's because Brogdon um, had some hamstring tightness. He's going to miss this Piston. I mean, this uh, Nuggets game, but I don't think anything we're worried about. Um, there's probably one or two many, players on this roster a few too many um so it'll be interesting how missoula figures that out because you got to keep guys fresh to keep them engaged and and rhythm but you also want to make sure your top dogs are eating um i think the biggest takeaway for me is that the top dogs for the celtics are really dang good um jalen brown had like a bad half um and jason tatum i don't think he has had a bad half he had a bad fourth quarter against the Cavs once but like otherwise these dudes have been rolling um, I will push back. He's had several bad games, but he, in terms of at least efficiency from shooting, and he's found other ways to impact the game, which is really the the, the lead that we're bearing here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is like uh, Tatum is now, a, it's not like extra when he, you know, racks up five assists or something. It's like, I think that's increasingly the expectation. Um, he's just big and tall enough that he's going to grab a bunch of rebounds too. And to the line. Yeah, get to the line. Jalen Brown had one game where he had seven turnovers, but by and large, I think he's held onto the ball a little bit better. Um, they're both playing I mean, politics and fan voting aside. They're both playing like all-stars. Um, and I would hazard they're both playing like all-NBA players, although it's early. Um, but this team, I think we we know, and we'll beat this drum a lot, this team's going to go as far as their best players take them, despite you know a foundation and a rotation and Spurs East and all of that. Like It really matters that Brown and Tatum are playing like some of the best players in the world. And, you know, Tatum is 
he, I mean, he's doing that thing where he just like shoots over people from the three point line. He doesn't even like make space. He just shoots it and it's fabulous, but he also uh, is initiating a lot of offense um, either off the first pass. Once the ball gets over half court or just bring the ball up himself um, and his gravity on offense is really interesting. I mean, comparing him and Brogdon as two people who are setting people up, Brogdon does a lot of work and, you know, penetrates and uses his speed to get himself open and then get other people open. I think Tatum just gets so much respect from opposing defend- defenders that he he can just make passes like, you know, standing uh, 20 feet from the basket. It's really fascinating. Um, so I don't know. I, I that There's a lot to really like about this Celtics team so far. Obviously, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of basketball yet to be played. I guess uh, other news updates, and then we will hit the lab portion of the programming. Um, Rob Williams seems to be progressing nicely. Uh, Justin, can you give us your best update there? Well, he has, from the man himself, been dunking, uh, been running, playing a little on court uh, with other players, and he's within the 8 to 12 week range uh that would be about a week from now when he would get to the 8 week range it's probably going to be a little bit longer than that but from the sounds of things uh from other other reports suggesting that the reason they gave the 12 week uh time frame was so that way if there was a setback which there evidently knock on wood uh has not been one yet then probably sometime about two to three weeks from now it would be my guess mm-hmm. and even that would be pretty quick compared to what we were originally thinking he might be returning for so all around very 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 positive news in terms of one of the Celtics best players yeah I I was thinking in my head at least New Year's I'm fine if it takes that long at this point um, make sure that he's 100% healthy uh, yeah they've done well without him yeah or perfectly fine anyways um it did occur to me so some people have noticed that luke cornett even if he's 15 feet from closing someone out he'll just jump straight up and he's telling people that if it disrupts the sight lines it's effective luke cornett being the fifth tallest nba player and tallest american player um i'd love to see all the self players do that rob included um i think it just the the once be hilarious yeah (laughs) once i told alex i'm gonna try it in our uh in our men's league um, okay, a little bit of other news. Uh, Steve Pagliuca, Pagliuca. How do you say it? Pagliuca. Pagliuca. God, it's like I don't even have a tongue. Um, he is a co-owner of Boston Celtics. Steve is. And he's been tied to the sale of the Liverpool Football Club, really speculative, speculatively. Um, he does own a controlling stake in an Italian team. Tried to buy Chelsea last year, so it's a reasonable guess. Um, something to keep an eye on certainly if he does get involved the suggestion is that the ownership of the celtics have deep enough pockets that they could pay the luxury tax um luke cornett uh had a child good job out of you and um we also learned that nate robinson celtics alum was dealing with kidney failure uh we got a positive update from jason terry which is uh good to hear so best of luck to you nate um don't want to talk about adoka quite frankly um but The reason I don't want to is because the Nets didn't hire him, which means probably there is another round of news cycle vis-a-vis, is he going to come back? Are they going to let him go? Something's going to happen. We're going to have to talk about it again. We can leave it at that for now. Uh, Just that shocker, 
person who was suspended for an entire year after leading the team to the promised land within two wins of a title is not going to get hired. Yeah. Well, to your due diligence, Nets ownership. Anyways, let's pause the action to talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. And on the other side of that ad break, we will hop into the Celtics lab and talk to Sean Devaney of heavy.com. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline.ag. It's always your continued source for sports wagering information, and BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and anything you might need for almost any game imaginable. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf games and events. Hit to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive that reward. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's hop into what we call the lab portion of the programming. And we're going to welcome in Sean Devaney of heavy.com. Sean, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Sean, you and the folks at Heavy uh, have done a really nice job of helping us make sense of the trade landscape and the early goings of the season. Um, Boston has a DPE, a TPE, and all sorts of other acronyms <laughs> to play with. So we'll get to what might be in store for Boston. Um, and before that, we're going to get into just like the landscape uh, for possible trades overall. But first, um, just looking at the NBA, like what, what are some of your favorite storylines or biggest questions you have? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got some some disasters brewing. That's always fun, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, when you're in the media. Uh, everything that's happened in Brooklyn, uh, going back to the summer, of course, uh, uh, Kevin Durant demanding the trade, uh, mm-hmm. coming back off that, Steve Nash getting fired, the stuff with Kyrie. Uh, you know, where where is that all going to go? I think that's probably the number one question right now. And that's sort of, uh, to an extent, blocked out some of the other major issues that have been out there the lakers of course are probably number one what a mess that's become uh the warriors have not played particularly well uh nope. the defending champs so that's that's been uh that's that's been the uh another story that's sort of been overshadowed i think by by the what's happened in la and what's happened in brooklyn uh and then you get the positives uh you know where did uh utah come from who saw this coming certainly not <laughs> danny Ainge of all people nope. uh and uh and, and portland's been been very very good as well so uh yeah you know i mean there's there's been a, those 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 couple of uh bright lights but for the most part the big stories have been uh you know the big bad negatives that have been out there uh in uh, uh especially in brooklyn and los angeles yeah which is a shame we'll cut to it there's some teams that are playing really well and uh it's entertaining to boot um i i want to get into a two-part question um i guess two and a half so i want to ask you about victor webanyama um first i want just your thoughts on uh webanyama second um there's a lot of teams that i think we pegged as you know unabashed tankers quite frankly um teams like the jazz or san antonio or indiana that are playing pretty well um so i want want to ask you to weigh in on what's going on with those teams but before any of that Justin wants to call this tankathon brickin' for Vic, and I want to call this tankathon no winning or winning nada for Wembenyama. Um, do you have a favorite moniker for this tank? Job? Oh man, that's uh, uh, 
I, I like both of them. I must say, I'm sorry, Justin, though, but if you can get Wembanyama into the into the into the catchphrase, I think you got to go with that. So I'm, I'm going for for winning, not a for Wembanyama. <laughs> it is more clear. I'll give you that. <laughs> we'll call it a tie. Um, so yeah, Sean, uh, is Vic, is Wembanyama the real deal? And do you think that these teams that are winning games in the early goings are privately not so happy about that? You know, I, I think certainly Utah. No question, they came in. Uh, expecting to to wind up in, in in that chase. Of all the teams that we're talking about, they're probably the one that is actually going to wind up a decent team, probably around 35 wins. You know, I don't see mm-hmm. them maintaining certainly the pace that they're on, uh, but you could see them winning 38, 39 games, something, something in that range, and that's probably going to take them out of the running. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, that's that 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 really does hurt them. Um, but, you know, everybody else, I think Indiana, while they've played well and they're, they're a fun team to watch with uh, with Halliburton, I think Benedict uh, Matherin has just been fantastic. Um, Jalen Smith, uh, you know, good to see him get his career back. Um, you know, that, 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 but I, I think in the end, they'll be they'll be back in the running. Certainly San Antonio, uh, I believe they've lost five in a row or something like that. So so, you know, they're going to they're going to be back in that as well. Uh, but, but no question that the guy's a real deal. I think he's averaging 21 and nine uh, over in France right now. There was a lot of concern or a lot of eyebrows raised, uh, certainly for me, when he left his team. He changed teams this summer mm-hmm. uh, and left Tony Parker's team. And I was kind of like, well, why wouldn't you want to play uh, for Tony Parker's team? Uh, well, it turns out the reason when you talk to some people, there's there's a coach, Vincent Collette, uh, who is just re- really well known for taking young players and really developing them and getting the best out of their skills and i think that's what we're seeing now uh with 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 just how much smoother his game is um you know he's been the best young player in france voted there's an award for that voted for that the last two years um and and i think you've seen his game really take another step up and i think that has a lot to do with the coach that's why he changed the teams i think you're seeing some of the payoff now fascinating i mean the payoff is unbelievable yeah Um, I I don't know that maybe it is media hype, but then you look at the raw footage and dang, I mean, for a kid that age and that size, it's just, I don't think I, we've seen anything like it. Yeah. And I mean, the numbers are there, so it's, it's, it's not just hype. I mean, like I said, the eye test is there. The numbers are there, you know, three blocks a game. Um, you know, he's got, he's got the, uh, those defensive instincts. Uh, still not a great shooter, but you know, certainly an improved shooter. I think you can say that. Um, so yeah, I, Really, just as uh, as exciting a prospect at seven foot three with a seven foot nine wingspan. I always get a little concerned, you know, when a guy that big because you worry about the feet, you know, especially going back to Phil Walton, but you know Yao Ming, uh, Ilgauskas, um, you know Chet Holmgren. Now, uh, you know, there's been Ralph Sampson. There's been plenty of examples of guys who are that big who just have trouble. Their their feet can't handle the pounding that you take in the NBA. But you know, that's 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 a worry for another day. I think the the coach you were mentioning, Colette, supposedly took a look at him in action and was like, make sure no one ever tells him to put on weight because that's the thing that's keeping him from getting hurt. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because because he's not doing the pounding that uh, uh, that that, uh, you know, Yao Ming, for instance, or Bill Walton uh, certainly did. Well, interesting. All right. Well, we'll put a pin on that. Um, that's really a conversation for this spring, but possibly a conversation for the next two decades, depending on how things go. <laughs> um, so Sean, uh, again, another kind of like two-parter, we got teams that might 
want to sell pieces off sooner rather than later um, vis-a-vis uh, a nice tank job uh, winning Nada for Webanyama. Um, we also have teams that probably need to make a move sooner rather than later. Um, cough, cough, the Lakers. What sense do you have about like where we're at with the, the trade market? And do you, do you think things are going to whip into shape soon? Or do you think teams are going to be patient? Well, you know, I think there's going to be some patience. I think there's a couple things to watch. I think, you know, I mentioned Brooklyn and, and they played better lately. I think they've won four out of the last six uh, uh, as we're speaking now. Uh, and, you know, they've, the, the defense that was so terrible in the, in the first couple of games has, has improved. Uh, part of that is Kyrie hasn't been playing, so that's that. That that certainly uh, is going to help your defensive numbers right there. Uh, but you know, if, if they can get Kyrie back in and work him back in and get, they don't want to give up on this. But there's going to come a point where they're going to have to say, maybe it's time to give up on this, uh, mm-hmm. and that that and that could be uh, certainly by but by Christmas or so. Uh, and then you get into okay, January fifteenth, you've got guys who are going to be available. DeAndre Ayton, for instance, and now some of the some of the the, the deals that you couldn't have get done uh, in the summer because of the way the contracts were, you know, now maybe you can get those done. So uh, I think Brooklyn is probably the big thing to watch, uh, and 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 whether they decide, okay, let's let let's let's take another crack at really trading Kevin Durant this time. Um, I, I wonder what the Warriors are going to do as well. You know, I think that they could have a a, a real strong uh, uh, impact on 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 this if they decide that. You know this 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 dream, and it might be a pipe dream of you know transitioning from their current big three to a Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman big three. Uh, if they realize, hey, that's that's not going to really work. We've got to take advantage of what we've got with Stephen Clay. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Uh, and, and and perhaps Raymond, uh, they've got to figure that out too. And and that could have a really big impact uh, as well. So, you know, I think those are the big things that, that could take, uh, you know, a, a decent trade deadline and turn it into a huge trade deadline. Other than that, I don't expect a huge trade deadline. Um, and, and, and we'll have to see where that goes. But uh, those are the two teams. I mean, you could say Anthony Davis. I I, I don't think mm-hmm. the Lakers make a move on Anthony Davis at least until next summer. Um, and, so I think I think those are the two teams that I kind of have my eye on and probably going to define what this trade deadline becomes. I feel like the Lakers really should tear down everything but Anthony Davis and LeBron. The Warriors, uh, I think, are going through what the Celtics went through when they were trying to kind of ride two timelines and it wasn't working. Uh, I think it's really just exactly the same thing. They have two different sets of interests, two different focuses. They have to pick one, and one of them is a lot more obvious in this case than it was for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're still. I mean, Steph Curry. What, what more do you want him to do to show you that he's still got? He still has a championship window. You, you still have that with him. Uh, with the way he's played, uh, you know, you, you, I don't think they would trade Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they would trade uh, even Jordan Poole at, at 23 years old. Uh, but you know, but the, the, the three young guys, I think Moody, they'd probably like to keep more than more than any of the others. I think they want to keep Wiseman, uh, sort of out of stubbornness to say, you know, to 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 say uh, we didn't make a mistake and 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 not picking Lamelo Ball. Uh, so you know, I think that that that. Uh, uh, that they might come to that conclusion. I do, I know the owner uh, is really committed to to this idea of transition, 
um, at some point, somebody's going to have to come to him if it indeed it's the case and say, you know, this is we got to take advantage of what we've got here. Sure. So uh, let's get to the Celtics in just a moment. Uh, but before we leave the rest of the league in the rear view, um, you, you, you said that the quiet part loud of a, a boring trade deadline is the thing that NBA fans want the least. Um, but yeah. I suspect you're probably right, given what the summer looks like. Um, are there any teams in like the middle class, upper middle class, whether it's Cleveland, Atlanta, or Dallas and New Orleans, that you think would upend that otherwise quiet trade deadline? Also, yeah, it's you know, twelve games in. Let's keep it right. Keep it. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But well, that makes it easy for us to say it now because there's no, uh, uh, you know, we've got plenty of time, and nobody's going to remember that we said it now. And it's <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I think Phoenix really could. I think that that they're a team that that. Chris Paul has not played well to start the mm-hmm. year, uh, 37 years old. He's showing his age and, and they might be sort of thinking, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's go out and, and, and if there's somebody available, Kevin Durant, for example, let's, 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 you know, give him Deandre Ayton if that's what it's going to take. Um, so I, I, I think Phoenix is a team that could do that. Denver, um, you know, they've got a lot of assets, uh, and they are a very good deep team. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of injury concerns there, obviously, uh, Everybody's healthy at this point, but, uh, uh, you know, you don't know if that's going to last. So I think Denver's one that could potentially, I think one of the problems that a lot of teams have is you're close to the tax line and you don't want to go over and therefore you're not. So, you know, a team like Chicago, Miami, um, even Portland, you know, right now, I think they're, they're, Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy. They're like $36,000 under the, under the luxury tax at this point. Uh, Atlanta is, is, is very close. You know, all those teams are less than $2 million uh under the tax and, and and they don't want to go over uh unless there's something crazy that's that that's going to put them into championship mode and 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 they're just that's not going to happen so you know a lot of the teams even cleveland is in that boat minnesota is about two and a half mm-hmm. million dollars uh within the tax so they're not going to want to take on a lot of extra money uh and have to explain to to ownership you know that we're doing this because we're going to win a championship and then you get uh knocked out in the first or second round and and the, the owner is going to come back to you and say what happened to the championship you said we were going to yeah. win now i'm paying the luxury tax so uh that's 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 a problem that i think a lot of them that's one reason i think it's not going to be um you know an overwhelming trade deadline yeah we talked about this last year with the celtics whether or not they would go into the tax or not and a point that i raised was it's one thing for us to say let's spend a billionaire's money that's another thing for you know, a general manager to spend their boss's money. Yeah. Um, certainly if the repeater tax, you know, if you're expecting two or three years from now that you are going to go into the tax a year early to win a few more playoff games does get expensive and complicated, but. And, and it limits, it limits your flexibility as well. You know, you sure. go into the repeater tax and now there's even more uh, uh, restrictions on what you can do in the summer. Sure. All right. Let's talk about Boston. Um Sure. What type of player do you anticipate Boston would target um, in the trade market? You know, I think if 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 they could have what they really want, I think they would like to have another wing. I don't think they'd think Justin Jackson is the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and look, I, they've been playing, you know, eight deep, nine deep uh, at, at this point uh, without Robert Williams. So there's no real pressure on them to to go out. You know, if if Rob comes back and he's 100, percent you know, then then you're talking about a, a nine ten man rotation, and 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 most teams would be plenty happy with that. 
but yeah, I think they'd like another wing. Uh, you know, certainly if somebody knock on wood were were to undergo an injury, then then you'd want to have somebody capable there. And I don't think they think Jackson's it. Um, I think they feel better about their their big man situation. Uh, even though there's, you know, it's not like anybody's a real standout. I think Fournette has been good enough. Um, mm. And, and you know, if they have to go to Blake Griffin, I think they're okay with that. Uh, or, or Noah Vonley. I'd like to see them give uh, Kevin Gilly a little bit of run just to see. Likewise. Just to see. I, I mean, and I've talked to people with the Clippers who have said, you know, the, the only reason he didn't play for us is because we had uh, Zubac and, 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 and then we went small a lot and, and then we had Hartenstein last year, so I mean that that was really the only reason he didn't get a chance for the Clippers. I think I think with the Celtics, I don't, you know it's only thirteen games in, so there's time for that. But uh, uh, but I'd like to see him, you know, maybe get a shot as well. So uh, I, I think they're okay with their big man situation. I think that's the one they're going to wait till uh, Cornette's uh, uh, guarantee date, and I would sometime in January. I think it's January tenth or fifteenth, somewhere in there, and that's when they can de- decide on Cornette if they mm-hmm. cut him. Then, then you go out and you use the TPE to to, to bring in uh, uh, to to bring in a replacement. I don't think they feel like they need to do that now. I think they'd rather if they're going to make a trade now, it's going to be for a wing. If they're going to do something long term, it's probably going to be a big name. Yeah, I have a feeling that if they do go for a big, it's going to have to be somebody who is both young and fits the system pretty well. Uh, particularly someone who can maybe play the four a little bit, uh, depending on how things go with Al. I don't think it's. Quite as safe as some people seem to think it is that he's going to necessarily take a team-friendly deal, considering we've already been down this road before, and he did not. And, you know, there's no reason why he should. If he's playing well yeah. enough to earn the money, people are going to give it to him. Yeah, and there's there's going to be teams that would be willing to do that. I mean, look, if if, the, if I was the Celtics in the perfect world, uh, and I don't know why Charlotte doesn't value P.J. Washington, but I think P.J. Washington would be a great fit. He can play both positions. He's young. Uh, you're gonna have to pay him. Uh, you know, he's he's up for uh, uh, the restricted free agent free agent after this year. They didn't really have any serious talks with him about about a contract extension this past summer, which really? you know is, is is head scratching when you think about it because uh you know because he's he's been a pretty good young player since he's been in the league. Uh, and if they decide to tear it up, now it's going to cost you. You could you could fit him into one of the TPEs. It's going to probably cost you two first rounders. And this is a team that's already you know given away a significant number of first rounders uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so you know, do you want to do that? Uh, but I think he'd be the kind of player who, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll take a proven guy who's who's right in the age range of of, of Tatum and Brown and going to you know grow and progress with those guys. Contract structure uh, I, too. Yeah, it's oh, exactly right. It, it, it just makes sense. So uh, if you if 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 that something like that were were realistic, if Charlotte does try to tear it down and 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 go for Wembenyana, then uh, that then yeah, I mean he, he to me would be the ideal. That might be a reach though. Well, there's a general manager, or should we, their owner is the problem I think there because uh, as far as I know, he looks at tanking as an anathema to everything he is, mm-hmm. which is not so great for a small market team. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's also been a small market team that has been the worst team in the league. I think the worst team in the history of the league uh, one year. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it, it's not it's not ideal. I don't think he wants to tank. You're right. Uh, at the same time, um, he, he he's been an owner long enough. He's been uh, general manager at Washington long enough to to start to figure out. You would think that at some point. It makes sense to lose some games now to win later. At some point, you've got to you got to get that message. And it's a different uh, game. Maybe this is, 
Yeah, or at least we'll like win a few more games now. Yeah. I mean, the Pacers have admirably never really tanked, but um, I think they've earned that a little bit. Um, so Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying that PJ would be a good fit, but there's you're not reporting that there's any talks there. Um, no, no, no. Sure. You know, right. And I think teams did ask uh, this past summer, and and Charlotte wasn't interested in making a trade as things kind of devolve in Charlotte with the uh, with everything that they've had going on. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, that could come back. I think obviously, uh, Terry Rogier's contract, Gordon Hayward's contract, uh, that's, that's probably the, the first priorities, uh, for them. PJ Washington makes about, uh, I think it's 5.8 million right now. So, uh, you know, that's not a dumping PJ Washington's not number one on their list. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, but it's something that if, if the offer was good enough, I think they'd have to consider, especially if things keep trending the way they are in Charlotte. Um, do you have a sense how proactive or not Boston has been, you know, picking up the phone and dialing early on? Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the things about using TPEs that, that, that I think sometimes when you read what fans write to you and all that stuff is, is they don't get that just because you can fit somebody into the the slot doesn't mean the other team is going to say, okay, you want that player? Go ahead. He fits into your slot. (laughs) You you still have to give them something, you know? Uh, And, and so I, the the Celtics have done, you know, from people I've talked to around the league uh, have done some feeling out, uh, nosing around of, of, okay, what would it take uh, to get, you know, uh, if it's, if it's a couple second rounders or is it, is it a first rounder, you know, what is it going to cost us? Uh, you know, we'll take the guy basically for nothing, but what else do we have to give you? And that's, that's the, the, that's the thing that they're trying to find out that they are being proactive in terms of that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to make a deal, but they, they want to know what's in place for, you know, when they get to January, okay, who wants what, and what is the right, you know, on the sliding scale of, uh, of, uh, uh, of assets we have to give up and talent we're getting back, where's the right fit. Uh, I think they really they, they want to know where that is and be ready for that uh, by the time January comes. Sure. Um, okay, I got a few more for you if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Who, sure. who in Boston? Um, yeah, kind of piggybacking on that that sentiment, like who in the Boston roster do you think has either a lot of value on the on the market, or there's interest in whether it's Grant Williams or Peyton Pritchard or something like that? Who do you think in the Boston rotation other teams might covet? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think t- teams are are very interested in Peyton Pritchard. I think there'd be uh, that 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 certainly uh, certainly there's a team in Utah who who would, uh, who would welcome him. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know Danny and and Will Hardy both would like to to, to see him get to Utah somehow. Um, so, but but he's probably it. And and you know, with with the where where his contract is at about two million bucks, you know, in terms of matching deals, it becomes really tough. Um, yeah, the, the, the way you'd have to structure it to. To, to use a TPE and, and yeah, there's, there's different ways you could do it, but um, yeah, it, 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 it's tough to get anything really of value uh, if, if that's all you're giving up. But um, you know, beyond that, I mean, look, teams would like to to talk with the Celtics about Marcus Smart, but they're not going to have those conversations. Uh, even Grant Williams, you know, from what I've been told, they're not, they're not, they're not just because they didn't come to a, to a number, the Celtics still think they're going to resign him next year. Uh, and, and Williams thinks he's probably going to stay uh, in in Boston next year. Obviously, he's going to go out and see what he what he can get. Celtics can match it, and 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 probably will. Uh, so you know, I think that 
when it comes to using the assets, I think the PPEs are are are, are the most likely uh, scenario. I don't think we'll see uh, you know Derek White or 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 anybody like that on the move. Maybe Peyton Pritchard, depending on what they get in return. What about Donalo Gallinari? I know it would be uh, a very cold-hearted move, it would. But, with, but with championship aspirations, do you think they, quote-unquote, do the right thing and keep him around, or do you think they're going to look to try to do something with that cap space that he's occupying? You know, all right, so he's got about $6.5 million worth of cap space, uh, and you could package him with Peyton Pritchard at, at whatever it is, $2 million. You can get up around, you know, with the way because you can go – 25% above. So you could go to, you know, whatever it is, 10 and a half, 11 million. Is there going to be somebody worth it? Because you're going to take a hit and, and, you know, teams, uh, players, uh, other agents, you know, I mean, they still remember the whole uh, thing with Isaiah Thomas, you know, that the Celtics mm-hmm. still have that reputation uh, even though it's a new front office. I think Brad doesn't want to to come in and, and, and give the Celtics that reputation, you know, kind of carry on that, that, and, and, and certainly trading Gallinari would do that. So, you know, if there was somebody who's worth it, I think they'd have to, I think they'd have to go ahead and, and, and consider it. I don't think anybody in that price range, I don't think you do it for Mason Plum. You know, I, I, I don't think you do that. Um, so, I mean, I think that, uh, I, I think in the end they they, they keep Gallinari and, and and there's a chance he might play. I'd be surprised if that actually happens, but you know there's a chance he might play uh, in the playoffs. So uh, I, you know I think that in the end they that they hold steady with what they've got there. Yeah, and I, I would just add to that as someone who loves the trade machine, um, humanizing it is important. And like I've run into Gallinari at Celtics games, he was just at Marcus Smart's bowling uh, charity event. Like he's very much in the fold even if, you know, he's been injured since the beginning of September. So um, easier said than done with that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, look, if they need to, if they need a big guy for the playoffs, it it could be him. You know, I mean, he can play some center. It's not ideal. Uh, I don't think Emi Adoka would have played him at center. I think Joe Mazzula would. I think Joe Mm -hmm. Mazzula would would give that a try, you know. So, um, you know, if, if there's a chance that he can be back, you know, whenever it is. And, and obviously he's got a, a complicated history with, with, with this injury going back to Denver and, uh, and things that he went through when he was there. Um, you know, that's, that's, it, it's going to be tough for him to come back, but if there's a chance, I think that they've got to, they've got to, you know, hold out that hope and not be, uh, uh, not be so icy hearted, cruel, Cruella DeVille uh, <laughs> of the NBA, the way that their, their reputation currently stands. I really like Blake Griffin. The fans really like Blake Griffin. A healthy Gallinari would be an upgrade over Blake Griffin. Um, Sean, yeah. uh, what do you like? What do you not like about the Celtics team? Thirty seconds or less as we as we close this up. Early I, goings. What do you like? I, I you know I, I love what I've seen from Marcus Smart. I mean you know in the last few games especially uh, you know and, and the turnovers. I mean he's just not turning the way he had one five turnover game. I think it's the second game of the year. He's not had more than two turnovers in any other game. He's playing much smarter. Still not a great shooter. I mean, that's, that's, we got to get used to that and just mm-hmm. accept it. Uh, it is what it is. But, you know, I, I think right now, uh, you know, he, he's been, of course, you love Tatum and Brown and everything that they've done. But, but, you know, he's been just the way that he's played, especially the last uh, couple of weeks or so. That's, that's really been eye opening. Three, 10 yeah. assist games for the first time in his career. Very, yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Any early causes for concern? 
You know, I, I mean, I think the defense, uh, you know, and I'm not the first person to say that. I mean, the numbers are obvious. They played better defensively uh, and and in the last few games. And I, and you think that's going to improve. Uh, can they can they maintain the level of offense that they're at? That's going to be a big question. I mean, they're they're knocking down 39 percent of the threes. That's that's going to be tough to keep that going. Uh, but, the, you know, one thing that is, it's, I, I know you're asking for bad things, but one more thing that I do like is that they're getting they're getting more points in transition. They're getting three more points per game in transition than they did last year. Three more points per game uh, at the free throw line. So those are easy points. They're getting six more points per game in these easy ways than they did last year. So I think there is some sustainability uh, to what they're doing uh, on the offensive end, even if they don't maintain what they're doing uh, in terms of the three-point percentage. All right, uh, Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. I hope I said that right. We'll get yep. you out of here um, on this. Uh, I'm going to drop this in your lap, so I'll, I'll stall as best I can. I want you to give me your best early season hot take, um, and I'll go first just to buy some time. Um, All right. I've seen enough. I think this Cavs team is for real. Um, not the hottest of hot takes, but I'll turn the heat up a little. I'll say they're going to the conference finals. Um, the defense is scary, and they can always – default to Donovan Mitchell when the offense lags a work in progress um, a few moves to make perhaps but um my hot take early on is that the Cavs are not a nice story but are indeed a powerhouse in the east so interesting Sean uh, Devaney of heavy.com I hope I stalled long enough do you have a hot take for us <laughs> yeah I, I think the Pelicans could, could be in the conference final I, you know I think that they are that good the record's not great I think they're one game over 500 whatever it is if they're healthy uh, they are a pretty deep team. They've got a bench that comes in and is just really intense and really puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, Herb Jones is such a fun player uh, to watch. Um, they, you know, Zion can, can, can stay healthy, obviously. You know, this is a team that's that deep uh, and, and, and good at both ends of the floor. Uh, I, I really like what Willie Green has done there. I think the Pelicans, you could they'd be sort of a dark horse team for the conference finals for me. Fantastic. Justin, you want to is that, is that hot? Is that hot enough? Yeah, it was hot enough. I like All it. Right, good. Good. All right. The West is crowded. That's a good one. I'm going to stay in the West. The Jazz make the playoff. They might have wow. to do it. They probably Wait. have to do it. Through play the in or playoffs? Playoffs. They make the playoffs. They might have to do it through the play in. Probably. But I'm, I'm going to say that's my hot take. Pretty hot. Not blazing hot, but yeah. That's spicy. Hey, two weeks ago, that would have been the hottest of hot takes. All right. Um, Sean Devaney of Heavy.com pleasures all on this side of the screen thanks so much for stopping by well thanks for having me yeah we'll talk to you soon thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week adios everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.